0: IT'S TIME FOR A CHANGE! Oh,
1: yeah. I have so much anger, I feel like I've been raped! In the face! RACHED!
0: At no point in your rambling were you even
1: close to anything that could be considered a rational thought.
0: let <laughs>
1: the Element of Surprise. My name is Chadwick J. Suet, and this, of course, is the Element of Surprise, the Mentally Irregular podcast. All right, so it's been a while. Um, of course, you can always find us at uh, www.podbean.com. That's the hosting site. If you want to go straight to the episodes instead of having to go to Podbean and then looking it up, just EOSmentallyirregular.podbean.com. we will take you right to it. Every episode is there, and uh, all the new episodes are there immediately as well. Also check out the YouTube channel where all the episodes get uh, automatically posted. You can just go to YouTube, Element of Surprise Podcast. It'll show up right there. And uh, check out the Facebook page, www.facebook.com backslash EOS Mentally Irregular. Uh, We're also available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, virtually every place that you can hear a podcast, uh, Google Podcasts, so on and so forth. Um, Okay. So I have a question to ask you all now. And it's a question that's literally as old as time itself. But to get to the question, I first have to tell you a tale. So long ago... In the distant year of 1999, I shortly dated a girl in high school who invited me to dinner with her family at her family's house, which for me was weird uh, because I was never really the meet your parents type, but she invited me anyway. Uh, So we were eating dinner, which must have been, she must have been excited about because not only was her family happy to finally meet me, but they had all like prepared like a full meal. Like, you know, there was an entire fucking meal there. Um, which is something that I was told didn't occur all that often. So it was clearly a special occasion for them. Uh, for me, it was dinner. Like, I'm going... Uh, I'm awkwardly going to a stra- to the house of strangers to eat a dinner with them. Is kind of the way I looked at it. I mean, I, we, we knew each other in high school as friends, but we weren't even dating for that long. But hey, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Such is life. So... You know, we're we're there. There's a whole dinner. There's, like, um, you know, potatoes, and I think there was steak, and, you know, it's a long time ago, so I don't remember the exact uh, courses, but it was, a, it was a full-on dinner, which, again, they said didn't happen often at all. So dinner goes on, and while we're eating and talking and doing the whole fucking routine, her dad keeps sizing me up, which is weird, but it's generally going well, I guess. So I'm talking to her dad um, uncomfortably about God knows what, and we're eating and there's a jar on the table of whole dill pickles. Just like, you know, not sliced or, you know, halved or anything, just whole pickles that are complete in their entire pickleness. Everything that makes a pickle a pickle before it is then chopped or cut or sliced or put onto any other type of food. This is what they were. It was entire whole dill pickles in the jar. So I want a pickle and I do what I literally do every time I've ever had a pickle in my life and for that matter what literally everybody else I've ever known up to that point in my life has done and I reach my hand into the jar and I grab a pickle and I remove the pickle from the jar and then I take a bite of the pickle right you know very 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 simple you, you open the jar You put your hand in, you grab the pickle, you pick it out of the jar, take a bite of the pickle. Not one part of that seemed odd or out of the ordinary to me at all. But at that dinner, with that family, I was suddenly made very aware that every single person at the table is no longer eating. And they're just looking at me with that wide-eyed look that you get when you witness something that you just... You just can't believe that you just saw. It's just... It's unbelievable. It's just like... Like... Utter shock. And her dad's face turned bright, bright red. Like, very fucking red. And then nobody says anything. Not to me, not to each other. They're just... Very tense. There's a whole tense feeling around the entire table. And... Her dad finally says to me very softly, but very directly, like with that like soft but authoritarian voice, he's like, do you not use forks at home? He wasn't sarcastically asking me that, uh, and his voice had that, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed tone. That like, you know, you'd expect to get from your own parent whenever you've done something wrong. Um... Now, at the time, I was in their house. You know, I'm a stranger in their house. So, I realized what he meant, apologized, and said, that's just how my family has always gotten a pickle. Uh, He didn't seem to approve, and just said, it's okay. We use forks. And then the rest of the dinner was awkward and tense, and then she broke up with me about a week later. Um, So, now that that part of the story is out of the way, now that you know the story, I bet you can guess the question. How in the fuck else do you get a whole pickle out of a pickle jar? If anybody else out there is hearing this story and is just like, man, you are a fucking animal for sticking your hand into the jar and grabbing a pickle with your bare hand, then, you know, fuck you, because that's how it's done. That's why pickle jars that contain whole dill pickles have an opening on on, on top of them about the size of a baby's head. It's so even the fattest fucking, like, most rotund meat sack hand can fit in there and grab a goddamn pickle. It's not like it was a jar of relish. I didn't just slop my hand into a jar of relish and then smear it all over my goddamn face. I grabbed a pickle. Just a regular fucking pickle from the jar. And I didn't hold my hand inside of the jar until my fucking hands pruned or anything. I wasn't splashing pickle juice all over their goddamn table or drinking it like my disgusting younger brother does. I just reached in quickly, selected a pickle, grabbed the pickle, and took the pickle. And their reaction was one of shock and revulsion. Like my hand had been covered in shit previously beforehand, and I just slapped fucking feces all into their pickles. Their pickles are ruined now because Chad's hand was in the pickle jar. So, again, how else, I ask you, EOS Army, how else was I supposed to do it? How was I supposed to know... That my method of pickle getting was completely unfathomable to this family. And would horrify and scar them uh, probably for the rest of their lives. Listen, I know I'm not alone here. I know many people that select their pickles in that manner. And I know there has to be some of you listening to this that also use their hand to get a goddamn pickle from the fucking jar. It's not something that my backwoods animal family does as we grunt at each other and finger paint on walls with our own shit. It's just a perfectly normal way to get a pickle out of the jar that the pickle resides in. But, ultimately, I want to hear your thoughts, and I want to know how you all get pickles out of the pickle jar, and if you feel that maybe I was out of line, or if her family is just a closeted bunch of weirdos. Um, So, you know, go to the EOS group page uh, the EOS Army page on the Facebook, um, go to the, go to the group page and tell me how you get your pickles out of the jar, and if I was just, just, just way out of fucking line. Because I'm pretty sure it's very common to just, you know, open the pickle jar, select your pickle, grab the pickle, eat the pickle. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Anyway. And the best part was she broke up with me about a week later. And uh, I asked her specifically at that time, I go, is this because I grabbed the pickle, the pickle with my hand at dinner? And she's like, no, that has nothing to do with it. But you know what? I've had uh, 20 years to, no, God, 22 years to uh, reflect on this pickle situation. And uh, she was lying. I know she was lying. I guarantee you that's the exact fucking reason she broke up with me. Not that I care. I'm very happy with where I am now in life. I have a beautiful, uh, very handsome son and a beautiful partner. But, uh, you know, if you go back in time and you tell fucking, like, young Chad in advance, if you grab a pickle with your bare hand, she's going to break up with you? Young Chad would laugh at old Chad in the face. And I'd just be like, hey, fucker, you'll find out. You'll find out because of your unsavory pickle-getting methods. Jesus. Um, sticking with the high school theme, I guess so far, you know how from time to time we all imagine getting into a fight, you know, maybe it's against like a, like a teacher you really don't like, or a coworker you don't particularly enjoy being around, or whoever, but you let your mind wander and imagine what the uh, confrontation would be like if it ever got physical between you and them. Um, I've been having a lot of these little fantasies lately. And it's funny because, you know, no matter who you are, and I'm no exclusion from this, they're never grounded in reality at all. Like, you know, they might start off simple enough. I'm going to use the high school thing here. Um, Like, you know, you're getting bullied in the hallway, and, you know, maybe at first it starts off simple. Like, you grab the bully uh, by, like, the the shirt or something, or, like, you, you headbutt them or something. But if you let the fantasy continue to play out in your head... It always, almost always, ends up with you performing uh, some fighting techniques that you could never physically pull off in reality. Um, or fighting an onslaught of unending enemies, like your Neo from The Matrix. Um, the reason I got bringing bring this up is because I'm kind of on the high school theme here of, uh, you know, changes. Thing, not just the high school theme of changes, but the, the theme of changes and how things have changed since high school and how things are still changing in my life. So, that said, um, you know, I remember that in in junior high, I had a high school bully. Uh, he was just a real dickhead, you know, as most fucking 15, 16, 17-year-olds are. Um, you know, he'd never confront me directly. He would just come up behind me and, like, you know, like, uh, shove me into the lockers or just slap my books and papers out of my hands onto the ground and, like, kick them down the hallway. You know, just some real asshole shit that fucking high school bullies are prone to do. So... Needless to say, I imagined fighting this douchebag all the time back then. Um, Despite the fact that he was two grades ahead of me and about a foot taller than me, uh, he was also in far better shape than I was, but 90% of people are, were, and still are uh, in better shape than I am. Um, Anyway, I digress. I'd imagine that somehow I'd know he was going to come at me. Like I was Spider-Man or some shit. I just know that he was coming. And then I'd sidestep the attack while simultaneously driving his face into the lockers. Um, This, in my fantasy, was immediately followed by me drop-kicking him in the back like I'm Owen Hart and sending him up against the locker a second time. Um, It's at this point in my fantasy that his henchmen attack. Now, keep in mind that this is a fight fantasy in the mind of a 14-year-old. Uh, But apparently, my high school bully not only had well-trained henchmen, he had them at his disposal, and they were always at the ready. And because it was a fantasy in the mind of a 14-year-old weird person with an overactive imagination, I was also very capable of using my combination of judo, ninja skills, spider-man-like evasion, and anime-styled power-ups and energy-based attacks to defeat them, leading to a final showdown between myself and my tormentor. Um, Oh, I should point out... Also, that while I uh, was leaving fellow students in awe by revealing my awesome powers and defeating an army of henchmen, my bully was also powering up to his true form. Um, and also, we uh, we now know in the middle of a deserted area. Er- we were now fighting in the middle of a deserted area, which makes no fucking sense even to me. And this was my own fantasy. You know, like the school somehow transformed around us. And it was just now a big deserted fucking area where we were fighting. You know, I guess my 14-year-old mind had no concept of architecture whatsoever, but that's how that went. Um, So as the fantasy played out, uh, a violent and absolutely ridiculous fight takes place between um, my bully and myself. Which I can best describe as when Superman fought Doomsday for the first time in the comics, uh, resulting in both of us... Completely exhausted and me using the last of my energy to punch them so hard that his physical form explodes and results in a giant crater in the ground. Um, so all that being said, I know, that is a bit much. But you get the idea. We all have this fantasy that we're going to thwart our enemies or kick life in the dick and tell it how it's going to be. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that it's funny because in reality, while we're fantasizing about some epic confrontation, we're probably going to be getting our asses kicked. Um, that's how it always worked out for me. That's, as I tell my son, that's how dad did it, and that's how you'll do it. So, I don't have a long drive to work. It's literally, I've timed it, it is 1.1 miles from my driveway to where I park at work. 1.1 miles. And I know what a lot of you listening are thinking, yeah, shit, must be nice. Yes, it is. It is nice. Um... But now every morning on my way to work, and for a while now, I mean, periodically I've noticed that it's different points in the year, but every morning right now, on my way to work, I find that there is a group of turkeys just standing in the middle of the road near my house, blocking traffic. Just four full-grown wild-ass turkeys just blocking the road. And I stomp and I honk my fucking horn at them and they just stare at me, just gobbling and being idiots. You know, Now, I don't know what sort of bird logic turkeys use, uh, but if it were me, and especially around this time of year, the last place I'd want to be if I were a turkey is anywhere I can possibly be hunted or killed. And uh, standing in the center of a goddamn road can lead to both. So, if you stand in the middle of the road, people will see you. If those people were hunters, they will follow you and then they will shoot you. So get your goddamn dumb bird ass off the fucking road and let me get to work on time. I mean, for fuck's sake, turkeys. Don't you know that you're fucking delicious? Move. Don't be a goddamn turkey, you fucking turkey. Hungry people will want to baste and gravy you. Get out of the road. Go find some place to hide and wait it out, you fucking asshole turkeys. If I were delicious, I'd be around absolutely nobody at all until Chadwick's season was over. I'd hide from my own family and consider every attempt to reach me as a trap because it would in turn be a trap because I would be delicious. I'd trust nobody and probably live in some underground post-apocalyptic bunker surrounded by booby traps that I learned from the movie Home Alone and with a very large amount of weapons to protect myself. Turkeys, however, apparently are dumb as shit, so they do not hide. They do not use booby traps and weaponry to protect themselves. They basically do the exact fucking opposite of all that and stand in the middle of the road, waiting to become a succulent dinner, perfectly basted and smothered in gravy, served with mashed potatoes, cranberry sauce that maintains the shape of the can, and a whole jar of crunchy dill pickles that I will reach my entire hand into to select the goddamn pickle. Now the question becomes why after many 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 you know decades uh, hundreds of years even of turkeys getting hunted for their succulent meat why haven't they gotten their shit together why don't they learn from their mistakes why don't they get all John Rambo and fucking protect themselves that would keep people from trying to bust up in their homes and blast them into turkey paradise then they could just stay in the woods and get out from in front of my fucking car and making my five-minute, one-mile drive into, like, a 20-minute fucking ordeal. Fucking turkeys. Um, okay. Let's, let's, discuss, let's discuss Comcast for a hot second. Let's talk about the company who monopolizes the cable, internet, phone industry business. Uh, Did you know that over the course of a 45-day period, I called Comcast over 20 times about the same fucking problem, and literally nobody could figure out what was wrong? No? Well, of course you didn't, silly. I just told you. But it's 100% the Lord's truth. Ash, verify my story. How many times did I call Comcast over a month and a half? At least 20, right? Yeah, and how many times did they know what the problem was? It took a month. A month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. They literally had to send somebody out here and redo the fucking lines. Yep. Anyway, ultimately, after I think it was the fourth technician visit, it was determined to be a very easy fix involving a new line. Uh, But it took four visits and literal hours of my time for anybody to bother to check the cords outside my house and that seems completely ridiculous to me so for that reason I decided to dig into Comcast's corporate structure and exploit what I found to the masses. Uh, First off everything Comcast does is sales. Everything. The misconception that we all make when speaking to Joe or Brenda at customer service is that they are customer service when in fact their training and job requires sales training. Out of every 100 calls Taken by Comcast customer service, 15 sales are required to be made by them. That's like a car mechanic who's also a used car salesman, and for some reason, he couldn't charge for his mechanic work. So, you'd feel like he'd be an upstanding fellow and give you honest info about your car's problems, right? No, he'd want to eat that week so your car is now totaled because your blinker gel ran out and the fusion conversion arm is cracked. What are those things? I just fucking made them up. Customer service makes that call every time they talk to you, which means that the line between blatantly lying to a customer and not fully informing a customer gets blurrier than Mr. Magoo's vision. It goes like this. You call to transfer your service from location A to location B. And Todd or Keith at Comcast says, Okay, I've got a transfer order for you. Everything you currently have can be transferred. No problem. This is not the truth. They actually don't know shit about it and assume when you call to complain, someone else will deal with it, which they didn't give a shit about because they get to complete an order and get their commission made for that sale. So there are also... Almost no repercussions whatsoever for anyone at Comcast, so long as they keep pumping out completed orders like a food truck at a fat guy convention. Because of all the positions with Comcast are so over-specialized, there's no communication. So every office is divided into Comcast Centers of Excellence. That's what they call them. Comcast Centers of Excellence that focus on specifics like customer service, retention, repair etc. And many centers are spread over multiple states. So one call is taken in Portland, Oregon and your next call goes to Havertown, Pennsylvania, followed by a call that gets transferred to upstate New York somewhere around Albany. Because the things are so split up, everything is stored in what's called a CRM program, which is just a giant computer database Containing all of your account information, which is why before you can even speak to a live person, you need to verify your account number, phone number, last nine address, the city you were realize, uh, conceived in, um, the town that you realized happy endings are bullshit, date of grandma's last period, uh, grandpa's first heart attack, so on and so forth. All, all of that. And for all that info you provide, you'd imagine that the training program for this company must be elaborate as fuck, right? Mm hmm. It's gotta be pretty elaborate. No Purdue! Training is about two weeks long and involves fucking around with live accounts. The trainer, who is often someone who hasn't been there very long, gives you a live account and instructs you to not save or complete anything because that would fuck up the customer's real account. Trust me, I'm not making any of this up. In fact, you can never speak to the same person twice because the chance of being routed to the same center of excellence is so low, I'm amazed there aren't Vegas odds on it. Finally, the worst thing that you will discover, or can discover, is that Comcast offers verbal contracts because every second of every call is recorded. Verbal contracts sound great, but let me break that shit down for you, hombre. What you're told is, you get unlimited cable, internet, and phone for $39.99 a month. TV will offer color and sound for free. They love to say free as a distraction. I just said you get free sound from your own television device. It's the shit like that that's used to distract you. Free color TV images. Free audio sounds. These are the things the television does anyway, and that Comcast has no control over in any way, shape, or form. But they will tell you this, and you will agree instant that you're instantly signed up because everything is recorded. You've given verbal authorization now. That's why 39.99 turns into 67.24 when you get the bill because you've entered into a contract that you don't have any physical copy of and no company is going to use their own recordings against themselves. There are ways around this. Trust me. I've been in retail customer service management jobs for the past 20 years there are ways around this you can it's called pinning the rep so anytime you get on the phone with a customer service not just comcast but anybody's you can pin the rep and what i mean here is you call renegotiate the terms of your contract and then force them to email you a copy of the information as discussed before you end your call (coughs) excuse me now in the digital age we live in you should be able to get this email and verify that everything in the email is exactly as you, would, you want it stated before you even get off the phone with this person. On average, they'll say they can't send you anything, but threatening to cancel your program entirely actually puts the rep in a bad position, especially in a recorded call. So if you demand the physical paper contract, they have to give it to you. Remember now that I said everyone's a salesman. This is where that works in your favor, because the rep will now do anything not to lose that sale. You might be able to convince them to dress up like Scooby-Doo and feel up somebody dressed as Shaggy. Point is, insist upon the paper contract before you agree to anything, and usually they'll make it happen with no surprises later on. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I've been in the... The wonderful world of retail, as I said, for 20 years, and I call it the wonderful world of retail because it's a lot like the wonderful world of Disney in that 99% of it is all fairy tale bullshit, and uh, it's likely all run by a, a horrible racist who had himself cryogenically frozen until all the Jews were gone. Um, that being said, that being said, take my advice physical contract emailed to you before you get off the phone and that's not just with comcast that's with any company you deal with and it negates the verbal contract because you now have a physical contract that states exactly what you're paying for exactly how much you're paying and why you're doing so anyway this has been business ethics by chad uh moving on speaking of business ethics uh we got a new manager at the place i work uh, because I do value my job, I'm not going to tell you the name of it, but I can say that it is a cellular phone retail store uh, because i not breaking any any rules. Those of you in the Murraysville area who are aware of where Atrias is, probably know which one you I'm talking about. Um, so anyway, we got a new manager and he brought with him a new guy. Uh, first, I'd like to say the old manager, you know, we didn't always see eye-to-eye, eye, but who ever sees eye-to-eye eye all the time with their manager? Nobody. Uh, the old manager was uh, transferred down to the store in New Kensington, Pennsylvania, uh, which kind of feels like he was sentenced to uh, venture alone into a dangerous jungle full of uh, deadly tribes. Um, that said, you know, that, that's, that's where he's at now. So we got a new manager. Um, and he brought a new guy with him. He brought a guy from the store he came from with him. Um, the best way I can describe the, the the two of them together are... They are the happiest, fake, happy, corporate, policy, boot-licking, ass-kissing sons of bitches I've ever met. First off, we get the manager who looks like a pear and a sasquatch had a child together. Then... We got the new guy who looks like if Jeff Goldblum had an illegitimate love child with a Scarecrow or the Grim Reaper. Uh, This new guy, he's got too many backs. It looks like he has three spinal cords all fighting for control of his body at once. And um, they are just so fucking policy driven. Everything has got to be family friendly to the point that they've put parental controls on the television... So anything that is not uh, deemed work appropriate can't be watched. Uh, you know, it's like 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 they're in there assuming that I'm just like, hey, you know, good morning, welcome to this cellular telephone store that I work at. Have you noticed the pornography on in the background? Yeah, we like the uh, we like all Asian milfs here. That's what we like. If you don't like that, you can go to another store or some like just videos of like you know maybe what was that uh, show Ash they used to have the. The videos faces of death. Yep. Yeah, it's like we're watching Faces of Death, watching real people get fucking decapitated or something in the background. Like what you know while I'm sitting there trying to sell you an iPhone. So yeah, they want it family friendly. And you know, that that makes me think. I'm I I am a father. I have a family. So when I think family friendly, that makes me think of places the whole family would want to go to like chill, to like hang out. Say honey, let's take the kids out. Do you want to go to the zoo? No, 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 no. The Kennywood. As if that's that's old old hat. We don't deal with that. How about the local cell phone store? Ha! Now you're talking. That's where families gather. That's where families come to fucking just hang out and you know have a a raring good old time. Family time at the cell phone store. Oh Jesus Christ! And I, I, I keep in mind that this is this is all information I'm gathering after working with them for two days. Not two months, not like, oh God, we got this new guy and he's been here for a couple months and these are the changes he made. No, no, no. This is the, this is the tip of the iceberg. This is like, you know, the very fucking beginning. It only gets worse from here. Because here's some things that you need to know about me, having been in retail for 20, some 20 years. Uh, first off, every bad habit that I have isn't there because it's against your corporate policy. It was developed years before I ever fucking met you and I brought it along with me. Uh, so let's give you my true feelings on customers, just the, the average public customer. Now, keep in mind that when, what I'm about to say, I don't like people, I like individuals. I, I can get to know somebody and then they fall out of that people crowd into the individual crowd. But my true feelings on the average basic customer is I don't care about any of you. Not one goddamn word you say. You say, you come in, you might be the the sweetest fucking person on earth. You might be God's hand-selected, genuine fucking angel of a person. You could be Hitler's fucking, the next Hitler, for all I care. I don't give a fuck. That, God, Hitler, everything in between, don't give a fuck. I don't know you. You're a customer. I don't want to spend more than five minutes with you. Um, anything more than ten minutes, I start to get physically angry. People annoy me. So... When I have somebody who's like 28 years old and, oh, well, I'm the manager. I'm happy and we're going to make this a family-friendly place so everybody can have the best cell phone experience they have. These people don't give a fuck about that. These people want to get the new phone. They're going to whine, bitch, cry, and complain about it if they don't get their way because the average Retail customer wants you to literally wipe their own ass for them if you could. They come in and they ask me questions. Why didn't my spaghetti and meatballs go up to Instagram? Well, that's your problem. It's not my fucking problem. Our company has nothing to do with Instagram. Oh, you you can't say that exactly. What you can say is, well, you see, sir, the Instagram's a completely separate company. And we can't, uh, we don't really have any... Uh, working association with them, but we can take a look at your phone and make sure that it's not your phone, which we also can't do because we don't have a um, repair service in the store. So So basically what you're telling me is don't tell them the truth, just placate to them to make them happy. I have a belief, after 20 years in retail and having to deal with the shit stains of humanity and everybody else in between, I have a personal belief. I will tell them the truth. I will do it politely, and I will do it kindly, but it will also be the direct, blunt truth. If they, as the customer, don't agree with that truth, that shit is on them. That has nothing to do with me, or the company that I work for, because I told you the truth. And I've done it, and as a as a civil human being, yeah. But how are you gonna, how are you gonna get customer retention? Listen, if a customer comes in and says that they woke up at fucking nine o'clock in the morning and freshly cooked spaghetti and meatballs, I don't want them as a customer. I don't trust anybody that wakes up in the morning and says, "What do I want for breakfast?" and settles on spaghetti and meatballs. I don't I don't want them as a customer. I don't want to deal with them. So, that being said, these are the new guys we got, and you know Jeff Goldblum's. Uh, Scarecrow Grim Reaper illegitimate son with his six spinal cords all fighting. He looks like... It's it's like Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man. Like, you know how he's got the arms? Like, the, the four arms that come off his back? It's like they were just all, like, shoved up into his back, and they're all fighting for control to be his back. It's like he's got multiple spines, and each one of the spinal cords wants to be the main spinal cord and get rid of the other two. So they fight over for control of his body. Um, also... He's got to weigh less than I do. And for those of you that know me, I'm 140 pounds. Well, 143. But it doesn't matter. He's got to weigh less than I do, and he's about a foot and a half taller than me. Guy's like... He's like a goddamn scarecrow. I swear to God. He's he's literally skin and, skin and emo bones. He's got that fwap emo haircut and, you know, a uh, 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 hipster nose ring. Yeah and three spines i wonder if he's got extra arms like goro from mortal Kombat. i bet he does anyway that's a little bit about what's going on with me um it's been a while kind of a shorter episode but still enjoyable i hope you guys enjoy it if you like what you heard here thank you um don't hesitate to reach out to me through the facebook page in the us group any uh <clears throat> Excuse me, any listener feedback is always good feedback. That being said, uh, before I let you go, make sure you check out a fireside chat hosted by my very good friend Ryan McCormick uh, over there at Libson.com. Uh, just type a, go to your web browser, type in a fireside chat Libson, it brings it right up. Uh, check out Case in Point uh, at Audio Boom, hosted by Mr. Justin Case. Check out McSauce, the comic book podcast hosted by Ian, Paul, and Matt. Uh, thank you guys. I appreciate it. And as always, take care of yourselves. And cue the fucking bear music. And I heard, as it were,
0: the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, "Come and see." And I saw, and behold, a white horse. <laughs> virgins are all trimming their wigs. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Till Armageddon, no shalom, no shalom. Then the father hen will call his chickens home. The wise men will bow down before the throne. And at his feet will cast the golden crowns When the man comes around, Whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still Whoever is filthy, let him be filthy still Listen to the words long written down Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers. It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree The virgins are all trimming their wigs The whirlwind is in the thorn tree It's hard for me to kick against the pricks. It measured a hundred weight and fifty pounds said on him was death